You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. Our sufficiency is from God, or our ability is from God, is the title of this devotion. And I want to take you here to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3, where the Apostle Paul says, We have such trust through Christ towards God. In other words, because Jesus now lives in us, we have such absolute confidence of faith in God the Father, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. Our ability is from God, we also, who also has made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And this is so powerful when you take a hold of this in your faith. In the Living Bible, he says, I would never dare think anything comes from myself. My ability is what God works through me. He lived in the absolute confidence through Jesus that the Heavenly Father would enable him, that the Heavenly Father would work in him by the Spirit. He lived in absolute confidence of faith that the Father would enable him. Oh, how the heart of every one of us gets tried and tested in this often right up to the last moment. I will never forget when it was my first time to preach. I was just 18 years of age and I had come out of Bible school and it was in uh, April, April of 1979. 78, 1978, 78, let me see, 79. Okay, 1979, sorry. <laughs> and I went to Christ for the Nations in Dallas, Texas, where Gordon and Frida Lindsay were the founders and, and Norman Young and others were there. And in those days, Gordon had already gone to be with Jesus. He has some phenomenal books, Gordon Lindsay. And Frida Lindsay was there. She was alive. And Norman Young was there working in those days. He's not, this is quite a long time ago, of course, 40 plus years ago. And uh, uh, more than 40 years now, time flies. And, and there was two and a half thousand students. I had been up all night weeping and crying and praying before God. I was so nervous. I was so nervous. I was so extremely nervous, crying and praying. I can't do it, Lord. I can't do it. If you don't enable me, I've got nothing. What can I do, Lord? I can do nothing. Oh, I'm praying and crying all night and, and reading the scripture and, and the Lord wouldn't give any unction, no unction, no unction, no unction. I had to just wait on the Lord. But they that wait shall renew their strength. Oh, what would have happened on to me, David says in Psalm 27, verse 20, if I had not waited to believe and believe that I would see God's goodness. So here I go in faith, complete faith to the Bible school. And here I'm sitting, young, 
barely 18 years old, I'm sitting on the stage surrounded by all these professors. And here in front of me is this gigantic pulpit for which I was grateful afterwards, I'll tell you in a second. And the students were all singing and dancing and worshiping. And then the person leading it stopped them and said, we have a special guest today. And he's gonna come and share with us from the Netherlands, from Holland, Robert Maasbach. And that was a bit of a, oh, because they wanted to sing and not have to listen to some young whippersnapper like me. So that, <laughs> that really provided a bit more pressure. And I am walking up to that stage. <laughs> oh my goodness, you cannot imagine the fear that I felt and the pain of my weak human nature. And I stood behind that pulpit and in faith, I opened my mouth and by the moment I opened my mouth, the unction came from the throne of grace and the word came like a mighty rushing wind upon those students and slayed them all in the power of the Holy Ghost and all of them heard God speak to them. They heard God speak to them. Oh my goodness, did I taste and see that the Lord was good and realize my sufficiency is not of myself. My sufficiency is none of myself. How could any man boast? How could any man boast? For he who boasts, let him boast in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 1, 30. Oh, I was so, so thankful. I was so thankful. I was so thankful. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, I am what I am by the grace of God. And I did not receive this grace in vain, but I labored more abundantly than all, yet not I, but the grace that is with me. I did not receive the grace in vain. Any gift can go dormant unless it is employed by faith. The Apostle Paul had to encourage Timothy not to neglect the faith and the gift. He said, Timothy, you cannot yield to a spirit of cowardice, cowardice, timidity, when the faith that you saw in your mother and your grandmother is also in you. And remember the gift you received by the laying on of hands of the presbytery, of the eldership. Stir up the faith in the gift that's within you by activating it, by using it. In Holland, that I was born in the Netherlands and raised for the first 26 years of my life, you had, you had bicycles everywhere, everywhere, millions of bicycles. And, and I grew up on the bicycle. We always went on the bicycle. And they have a saying, oh, it's as easy as riding a bike. The moment you get on it, you remember how to do it. And they use that metaphor for many other areas in life. The gift of God is always there, but if you don't use it, you can become unaware. And I want to encourage you to never neglect the grace that was given to you. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10 says, According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. See, the Apostle Paul employed the grace so much so that he became more skillful 
more gifted, more enabled. It's kind of like what um, the founder of the Salvation Army, uh, his name won't come to me, I know his name very well, uh, but it won't come to me right now. But he said, our grace is to win souls and our, and our gift is to employ that grace and to improve it in our exercising it. And he had such a fire about him. There's a book about him. Oh, I wish his name would come to me right now, but it's a phenomenal book. Uh, it's something with fire. Oh, it's, it's a wonderful book. And I want to encourage you, keep exercising the grace. The Apostle Paul says, I, who am the least of all the saints, this grace has been given to make known the unsearchable riches of Christ. And the Apostle Paul did not neglect the grace, the gift that was in him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, if I may, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. The Apostle Paul says, We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. He says, God is working with us and we with him. Now, don't receive the grace he gives you in vain, for he says, in an acceptable time, I've heard you. In the day of salvation, I've helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day, day of salvation. Give no offense in anything that your ministry may not be blamed. But in all things, be, we command ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in tribulation, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fasting, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness at the right and left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report as deceivers and yet true. In other words, we're accused of not being upright and honest, but we know we're true. As unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened but not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing all things. So when the Apostle Paul says here, do not neglect the grace that you have received. Do not receive it in vain. Right here in verse 1, he says, I plead with you not to receive the grace in vain. And then he talks about how this grace is working through his life despite the circumstances. You know, it is a deception that seems to filter its way into the minds of many of God's servants throughout the history of this church, that they become weak and they become too carnal in their reasoning, too earthly in their reasoning. And they start making excuses. Well, I'm tired. Well, that people don't really want me to be here anyway. Well, I, I'm not received. I'm not recognized. Oh, I'm not honored. But the people, that come up against me, you know, and it just keeps being so hard. And 
that is deception. That if you start listening to that voice in your heart, then you will neglect the grace. You'll stop using it. I remember my mom told me a story of how my father and her started one of their first of many churches. Um, my father and my mother started two, three churches at the same time. <laughs> and, uh, and many more, really. But they had started a church in the city of Gouda, where I was born in the Netherlands, in Gouda, 1960, I was born there. And my father had gotten a little garage, which had a room above it, and they lived in the room, and they started holding meetings in the garage. But it just wasn't growing, it wasn't growing, it was just a handful of people. And, and after seven years, my mother said to my father, John, do you think the Lord would have us move on to some other field since it's not providing a harvest here? And, and John said, well, let's give the Lord a chance to bring salvation to these people. In other words, we've just begun. Let's give it some more time. And they ended up with the largest church in that city eventually. And you see, there is a grace that is given by which we may labor more abundantly, like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 10. There's a grace that empowers us to keep laboring and laboring until the full birth of that for which the grace was given. And I know that my mother had to labor for me for 17 years until I came into the kingdom. And it was a heavy labor for her, a hard labor. Yes, there were parts about me that maybe were endearing and nice, but my, I was not the easiest child to raise, but my mother and my father did not cease to labor by the grace given until it brought forth the har intended harvest. And here I am today sharing the same gospel with you that, I, that brought me life. And this is what I'm talking to you about today. <laughs> we have to labor by the sufficiency God supplies. We cannot allow ourselves to start thinking so human. Well, I don't feel like, well, I'm tired. Well, I don't know what to do. Well, it's not happening. Well, nothing changed. And it's all human talk. <laughs> you would never talk that way. When you're talking to the master and the mightiness of his glory and power, you would say with God, nothing is impossible. There's nothing you cannot do and no purpose that can be withheld for you. Father, I believe you're the creator of heaven and earth. Who can oppose the will of the Almighty? No, we would never talk that way. And, and I pray with you, put away from yourself weariness and weakness. Embrace and employ the grace. Take a hold of the Holy Ghost handlebars and search again into a new day of harvest because the grace that you have received is sufficient to enable and empower you to break through. And while it may seem sometimes that you've reached the end of your ability to hold fast in faith, the Lord renews your strength and refreshes you and revives you again and restores you in His service so that you may labor more abundantly than ever. <laughs> And that brings me in closing to just two thoughts, please. The first one is here in Galatians chapter two. It's a famous verse. You will hear it from me very often, but you mostly only hear from me verse 20 and not, just, and not also verse 21. But you know this. He says, I have been crucified, Galatians 
with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God in me, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. In other words, Paul says, I know what I am by the Spirit of Christ in me. It's not that old Paul that was an opposer and a violent and an an arrogant, evil-hearted man. No, I am a new man in Christ. And I labor by that grace in who I am and in what I do. You know, I really believe that God wants to have all that you are, say and do to His praise and glory. And therefore, I plead with you today, hear this word of the Lord, that despite that you may have many impossible challenges, the grace by which you labor so obviously of God. So let me close with you with this little story. Many, many years ago, I was invited to come and preach at a Anglican church in Hay-on-Wye. Hay-on-Wye is right on the border of Hereford and Wales. It is an interesting little town that has one of the largest second-hand bookstores in the world, at least in those days. And we're talking many years ago now. And I'd never been there before, so I'm driving through the beautiful country of Herefordshire on my way there to Hay-on-Wye, and you go over these hills and through these beautiful, lovely little A roads, small roads, And there, all of a sudden, you come over a hill and there's this little town. And I had to park right beside the Swan Pub, if I remember it right, and walk down the path. And there, behind the trees, all of a sudden, there's a gravesite. And behind the gravesite, you see this old, old, many hundreds years old uh, church there. And so um, it's, it's raining, or as they say here in Britain, it was spitting. And I'm walking down that little road with my Bible bag. And I'd never been there and it was dark. And, and I come to the gate and it, it squeaked as I opened it. And there were the graves. And there come, I come up to this door. And I'll not forget it. There was a big, big uh, what do you call it? Um, climbing up, you know, up there, slippery little thing. And so anyway, I pushed the door open and my goodness, did I feel the glory of the Lord. It was dead outside, but alive inside. Oh, the glory I felt coming from the presence of the Lord Jesus and I immediately knew it was the Lord. And there was David Reese, the vicar of that church, a man heavily persecuted who suffered unbearably to represent Jesus there as he was so harshly rejected and harshly persecuted, so much so that his wife and daughter had to leave because they couldn't bear to stay. And he stayed there by himself and stayed there until he passed away. He was standing there in his beautiful white robe and we hugged each other. I'd never met that precious man. And we kneeled together and Jesus was all over us. And we had glorious days there. And he was a beautiful saint of God. How I look forward to meet him in heaven. But he was a man who did not neglect or disregard the grace. His sufficiency was obviously not of himself. The sufficiency by which he lived and labored was no doubt 
the Heavenly Father himself insisting to keep on having a light in that community for precious souls to be able to come to him. Let us follow David Reese's example. Amen. Have a good day.